everyone. Welcome back into the Gnome Boys. Matt here with Dirk and Neil. Got a rescheduled episode. Our buddy Chris, who normally joins us for the draft episode, was supposed to be this week. Had a little little work conflict come up. So the draft will be a couple weeks from now. Um, so we're doing our favorite baseball movies uh, with opening day coming up next week. Figure it's a good time to get everyone prepped for, for baseball season. A lot of good movies out there. See if there's any any overlap. We we're talking before we started, and we think there'll be be one or two that might overlap a little bit, but we'll see. Should be fun. But first, Neil said he's got a little Harry Potter update for us. What do you have for us this week, Neil? All right, so still working on Goblet of Fire. Obviously, it's a, it's quite a doozy. Uh, one part of the book that I definitely don't remember being in the movie. That I just kind of want to go over quickly with you guys. So Hermione sets up this group, uh, S P E W or I don't even, do they pronounce it a spew or does she just say S P E W? Do you guys know? I think they might jokingly say spew, but I haven't read that one in a while. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm with I think I'm with you, image. So I feel like in the book it plays so much of somewhat of a predominant role in the fourth one. I don't know if it goes on the fifth, sixth, seventh, or anything. But I just feel like that's something, you know, they could have definitely included in the movies there. I don't know what you guys think on that. That was one thing I was okay with them leaving out. Okay. Like it does kind of come into play a little bit, not at, not as major. I mean, that's not spoiling anything for you. Um, but like the effects of it, I guess, do play a little bit of a part in a, a few moments down the line. But the movie was so packed anyway that it would have been hard to fit that in and give it the appropriate time spent on it. Because so you, you couldn't just have it be, I feel like, Hermione doing this thing and spend two scenes on it. You'd have to kind of fully devote a, uh, a minor storyline to it. And there's just yeah. too much going on for it to fit in, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good a good um, explanation. Cause, so remind me again, that's like the house elf thing. Yeah, right? which actually in the movie, they don't really go over that concept at all that the elves are the one, you know, making all the food and probably doing other stuff yeah. around the castle See, as that's well. that's a good point. I think it's, like kinda... it's students something for elfish welfare yeah i can't remember exactly what it stands for but but yeah something i forgot what the p stands for but but that that is a good point neil that um that 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 you just said because throughout the books you you understand that and they explain that and and it's just you know you you just you know it whereas if you just watch the movies you'd have no you probably wouldn't even think about like how's the food getting made you know you wouldn't think about the house elves being the ones that are important in that but then i also agree with hambidge in in the sense that if you're going to talk about it you need to kind of explain it all and have like a conclusion almost to the story not a conclusion but you need to kind of tie up the loose ends instead of just like spitting it out there for a minute and then with the movie being so packed already because that was really i think the first movie getting into the last book so so many things are happening that they have to i guess nick some stuff in the end and when you think about the movie and where it goes where it ends up like where would you fit that in where it wouldn't feel completely out of place i mean you've got the intense competitions at the triwizard tournament i mean voldemort comes back cedric dies you can't do that and like oh by the way the house elves have better conditions (laughs) wait he dies boiler (laughs) emblem That'd be incredible, though, if they changed that for the movie. Yeah, Neil has no idea. <laughs> but I, it, I it would have felt just so out of place. Mm. So otherwise, it would have been introduced and resolved so fast. 
sure to then let the rest of the story breathe right. or it would have just felt completely jammed in and, and wouldn't have made any sense after all the other stuff happens no that's fair i mean unless it plays a prominent role in the book or like a large part of the story it, it is something that's easy easy to cut out it's got one cool payoff scene later on which you'll get to and okay i don't know maybe yeah you're maybe that's depending, true. How, depending how fast fast you go through but it was probably as, as looking for things to cut from the book to the movie that was probably an easy thing to just fair question though because honestly when I, I forgot that she created that but it also like neil said that there in the books at least it is to, like I, I think that that was an important piece in the books um to have yeah, she not only created, she gave Harry and Ron roles in the club too. It's yeah, like tre- treasurer and something else. I don't remember whether or not and they wanted course, it. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, just in general, the the um, house elves. In I, I, I guess I enjoy knowing more about the house elves from the books, and I'm glad that they went into it a little bit, as opposed to, of course, the movies just not having enough time and needing to cut stuff out. All right, always fun to talk about these little. Little things that you that you pick up on; those are the things that I probably don't think of as much, remember as much. So those are always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um. Next, real quick, maybe just a little March Madness talk. Did you guys end up doing any pools? You've been watching much of the games. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I did one for money and one for fun, and it has. I, I know we talked about it a little a little while ago on the pod here, but it has been a little bit of a different year for me, just because I, like we said, haven't talked or watched too much but of course i think with the weekend and having the game the first and second round now behind us it does there's really nothing like march madness it is always fun just making a bracket even for fun with your friends even with nothing on the line and just seeing the upset seeing like oral roberts for example sweet 16 that's awesome um seeing stuff like that that's all that'll always be fun no matter how much i think you watch each year yeah uh for me i just did two for fun this year um didn't do any money ones uh, one thing I thought saw that was kind of funny. It was, I forgot who posted on Instagram, but it was essentially a meme of a guy from Iowa. He like tweeted on, it was like March 10th. He's like, how does one pack for a 28, 29 day uh, vacation? Asking, yes. Asking for a friend. And like, they like showed the date and then it was like, what? So 12 days later, then cut, cut it more than half is his uh, 29 day vacation. <laughs> yeah. Who did, who did Iowa lose to? It was, it was Oregon. What was that? Oregon. Oregon. Okay. This, so then it, cause I saw that too, Neil, and I saw the replies being like, Oh, were you talking for like Oregon players or why, <laughs> why are you tweeting that out? And yeah, it's just funny to see that. See I mean, that he may have been including the big 10 tournament, I assume too, but regardless. Yeah, I think he was. Cause it, I saw that and I was like, wait, what? And I went back and looked it all up and I was like, Oh, he must've been talking about both. Cause but they then, stayed in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. And then, because Iowa, I mean, throughout the year was solid. So obviously that kind of backfired quite a yeah. bit for him. <laughs> like that is unfortunate for sure. But it is, let me ask you two a question. What, who do you think, who, who's going to win? I mean, at this who, point, Gonzaga. What about Final Four? I don't know how you pick against Gonzaga at this point. I mean, obviously, as we've seen, high seeds are losing. You know, Illinois went out round one, or round two, I'm sorry. Ohio State went out round one. Iowa went out round two. I still got to put my money on Gonzaga. I just not just because I picked him in my bracket, but they're looking the best. I'd say. Um, I'm just looking at the bracket now, and I mean, there's a lot, still a lot of good teams. 
Um, yeah, like, I'll say like it. Houston and Arkansas are probably better than most casual fans would would suspect. Agreed. Same with Loyola Chicago. A lot of like the advanced stats, depending how much stock you put into that, have them as like a top ten to fifteen team. That a lot yeah, of they people, only lost like four games. Or a something. lot of people think they were really underseeded mm-hmm. as an as an eight. Um, so I don't think it would surprise many people to, to see them make another run. A lot of people are saying that they're better than that Final Four team from a couple of years ago. Um, and now taking over the one seed, essentially yeah, from yeah. Illinois. But I, I'd still, I'd still say Gonzaga. Yeah, I think so too. The only thing I'll add to that is I, like I've mentioned multiple times now, I didn't watch much this year, but watching Baylor just dismantle the Badgers on Sunday was pretty eye-opening. They, I, for my bracket's sake, I hope they lose fast. But um, in general, watching them was, I was like, whoa, that Baylor is the real deal, it seemed like. Yeah, like especially after seeing that game at this point, I'm going to go Gonzaga, Baylor, yeah. Bama, and I, I guess Houston in that in that section. Yeah, I'm just going to stick. My my Final Four is still intact. I had Gonzaga, Michigan, Arkansas, Houston. So I'm going to well, well just stick with that. Dog. See what happens. But... I wouldn't be surprised that really any team, I mean, I feel like Oral Roberts where they've got one more magical yeah. game in them. I feel like their time is probably up. Yeah. Um, Oregon state probably going to lose to Loyola. We have a double digit matchup too. Don't we this round? Uh, no, we've got an eight and a 12 and a six and a seven are kind of the two lowest. Who's the who's the six and seven? Six and seven is six seed USC, seven seed Oregon. Okay, and then Loyola's eight, and or it's it's like Oregon State, right? Oregon State twelve. Yep. I was looking that up before, yeah, because I I saw that Neil too, and I was like, whoa, way off in that that uh, <laughs> section. It was easily my worst. I have my final four. I had at least the one I had for money was Gonzaga, Alabama, Arkansas, and Illinois. So I I mean I, it seems like now I. I got it pulled up now, and yeah, that Midwest section is pretty wide open, I'd say, because because mm-hmm. like like you mentioned, Hamage, I think Houston is underrated for sure, but then you have Syracuse, Loyola, and Oregon State in that area. Did you guys see Bill Walton's Final Four picks? No. Did you, Neil? I did not. Pay attention here: USC, Colorado, Oregon State, Oregon, and UCLA. They're all still good, right? Yeah, but that's five teams. Just- Oh, I, picked, I guess picked, I didn't pay attention. He I picked UCLA twice. No, he he just he just picked the he five pack. One. He just picked the five pack twelve teams. <laughs> huh, interesting. Well, I mean, at least they're still floating around. You got the Big Ten, who what had nine now of one left. Yeah, there's yeah. and there's already been those articles coming out. Like, I think we really overestimated the Big Ten because mm-hmm. everyone just lost. I mean, they were unbelievable as a conference. As yeah, in, in the regular season, I mean, it really two, does show two one two. seeds, a couple two seeds, you know, a few yeah. other teams in the tournament. It just shows that come come tourney time, you never know what'll happen. And that's when you get the the Syracuse wins. God, I hate watching them play. There, <laughs> you're not a buddy, Bane. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fun fan. just watching that dude just drain threes in everyone's yeah. faces. But just as a team, I've never never really liked watching them play. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be not just my bracket, but I'll really be rooting for Houston this weekend. I think, I think also just seeing a, like Houston, and I think Neil said it, a, a team that, you know, is fans in general don't 
probably think of Houston as a legit squad going up against Syracuse, which no matter what they're ranked, okay, at Syracuse, we get it. I think that'll be fun if Houston can take them. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's just move on um, to baseball movies, five favorite baseball movies with opening day, as I said, coming up next week. April 1st is the first day of games. And so let's do five to one, just like the rom-coms. If we overlap, we'll wait to the last person had it to talk about it. Um, let's we went alphabetical last time. Let's go reverse alphabetical this time. Neil, start us off. You're number five. All right, rolling in number five. I'm going to go one that doesn't have to do with the MLB at all, but I'm going to go with Bad News Bears. Um, <laughs> I think we might have, do we have an overlap here. 100%. Just to clarify, the original or the remake? Remake. See, I knew you were going to say that, Hambone, and I'm sticking to my guns. I grouped them into one. Fair enough. All right. Let, let's wait then um, till Dirk, till it comes up for Dirk. All right. Deal. So, so my number five, this one is definitely a, a Homer pick. Went with Little Big League. Kind of had to do that. Dirk, you look a little confused. Remember this one? I don't, I don't think I do. This is the one where the twelve year up right the twelve year old kid whose grandpa owns the Minnesota Twins, his grandpa dies, and like part of his will yep. okay. is that the grandson becomes owner of the twins, and then the other executives basically help him along until he's old enough to run it himself, whatever that means. And then yeah. through a series of events, he names himself. He has to fire the manager. The manager quits. Can't remember, so he becomes the an owner manager as a, again, a 12 year old and coaches, coaches up uh, the, the, the team. And I remember it being, I haven't watched in a long time. I was, I was going to rewatch it before this originally, but then mm-hmm. with the last minute change, I obviously didn't have time to. Um, so I don't remember a lot of the specifics. I do remember it's got a lot of Minnesota filming, including the horrible, horrible Metrodome. Have you, have you guys ever been to the Metrodome for any like Viking games or Packer games or anything? I have only been to the Target Center. Yeah, the yeah Metrodome, I've not been either. Metrodome is as, or was as bad as advertised, um, but still, it, it's it's fun seeing it. You know, your hometown stadium on the big screen. Um, they got some filming at Valley Fair. Have you guys gone to Valley Fair when you've been in in Minnesota? I have not. Is that the that's the state fair, right? Or no. it's amusement. It's amusement. Park. Valley Fair just oh, just kind of your standard. Just yeah, just amusement park. Um, super so, fun. Then. Super good. Super cool place. Um, but they've got some fun scenes at Valley Fair, and then just filming in in your home state is just kind of cool. You know, it's just kind of like the Mighty Ducks. Um, mm. Seeing some of the landmarks you recognize is always kind of fun. Being at a not on a California or New York type place, where of course they're going to see all these other things, but Minnesota doesn't get a lot of shine. So that's that's fun. Got a lot of big league cameos. I mean. Ken Griffith Jr., my all-time favorite athlete. Always want, to, always want to see that. But it's just such an absurd movie. But it doesn't feel kind of like all that absurd, given given the scenario. Definitely not as, I guess, if you will, a good movie, but just one that I love growing up. And given the hometown connection, it had to be on here. I love that. Before we get into that a little more, I love that Ken Griffith Jr. is a favorite, favorite athlete of all time. It's a, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that. And I mean, it, it'd be between probably him and Roger Federer, but okay, or Kevin Garnett, but but Griffey. I mean, baseball was my sport growing up before I got more into tennis, and Griffey okay. was my guy. 
I love that so much. He by far and away with baseball, easily my favorite had, had his Jersey all that went for as him as, uh, for Halloween, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't know that Hambone. He, I mean, legend. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally forgot about this movie until you brought it up just now. I do remember same, seeing it same. as a kid now too. Yeah. I you did. said that I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. But when I looked it up, yeah. As I was as I was going over movies, I was contemplating doing what the route you did too with the hometown one, but it just was not a very good movie with Mr. Three Thousand <laughs> and Bernie Mac on the purse. I was like, I can't do it. It's just not a good movie. Fair. All right, Dirk, what do you got to start us off? All right, my number five pick. I'm going forty two. Uh, so that will came out. I think it, you got it too, Neil. Uh, yeah. All right. Hold off, Ambone. Yep. Let's hold off. Okay. All right. So then Dirk, number four. We'll, we'll do a snake here. All right. Uh, number four, I have Moneyball. Neil, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I have figured we're going to get. I've got that one too. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I figured. Um, and so my number four is also Moneyball. So okay. that's, and that's Neil, your four is also Moneyball. We'll still wait till it comes up on yours. It's not, but I can move it down there. No, nah. <laughs> keep, keep, keep the list here. I'm not, I'm not too surprised this happens. Probably won't be the first, the yeah, only no, time. For sure. All right. So Neil, you're number four. Um, it's It's going to be another overlap one here yeah, too. It's probably going to be lower than you guys, but uh, everyone wants some. Oh, I don't know. You guys have it? it. I do. I do got to correct you on the title. Everybody. <laughs> what did I say? Wow. Hambo. Everyone. Gosh, oh, my bad. Put some respect on that name. That see that before you get into it, I didn't even consider that as a baseball uh, movie. Which I have, clearly I have, that, I have that to talk about as well on mine. But, yeah, and like if I think about it now, it's like I that's one of my favorite movies of all time, as we've obviously touched on. But yeah, great pick. I guess the only reason I didn't have it higher is because kind of what we're talking about here. It's not you know they play baseball, yeah. but it's really not the whole concept of the movie. It's really just for sure you know, the college life. All right. So let's, sure. see we, let's see if we can talk about one here. You know, you're number three. <laughs> um, well, I only got uh, one movie left that hasn't been announced <laughs> yet. <laughs> I got a funny feeling. It's on, uh, it just might it's be. on the list for you guys. I got a uh, Sandlot. Yep. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that's my number. That's my number three. So it's my number one. Right, let's, let's just, let's let's just talk, talk about Sand. Let's just talk about Sandlot then. Dirk, since it's your number one, you're gonna have the highest praise for it. So why don't you start it off? All right. So I, I when I, I guess to to back up, when I thought about all these movies, I didn't realize how hard this list actually was gonna be, and how many baseball movies there. I mean, perfect example. I didn't even think about everybody wants some being on the list, and that very clearly is a baseball type movie. But I think when I originally, when we talked about this topic and it came up right away, front of my head, Sandlot. And when I thought about it all, like, yeah, it, it's not the the uh, best like movie uh, or baseball movie, I should say. It's not, you know, the best uh, storyline or the best characters or the best uh, produced, whatever you want to say. I definitely get that. I, I know there's other options for sure. But for me personally, it's my number one because I think it's just the nostalgia in general. Like when you're nine years old, let's say 10 years old, 11 years old, and you watch that, that movie, 
it really does bring you back to like little league and the pureness of, of the sport and your friends, most importantly, at least for me. And I think that, while I didn't have the exact same experience growing up as those kids, you, you did it. And I'm just going to guess you guys kind of did too, had a lot of the same, um, uh, experiences, you know, the whole little league in general, wanting to play and just be outside with your friends, but then also a Wendy peppercorn, so to speak at the, <laughs> at the pool. Like I, I remember my friends and I, when I was y- younger, going to the pool all day long before a little league game at night or before the, um, weekend games or whatever it might be. And, you know, just messing around being 10 year old idiots at the pool, probably super annoying, but talking to all the lifeguards doing whatever I never fake drowned and, you know, made out with a lifeguard. <laughs> but of course, as a 10 year old, you, you like some of the lifeguards. And I think that, uh, when I, whenever I watch it now, it just holds up. It brings back the like summer feel, the nostalgia. And so for me that it really hit home when I was thinking about it. And, and I was just like, I, I, I got to put it as my number one. And that's even before getting into the actual movie. Yeah. I, I love the Sandlot. I think that goes without saying. And like you said, you know, we came out in, I think what 93. So when, when you're first watching it, you're probably about the age of the kids in the movie. Right. And when you're, especially when you're younger, it's all, it's so fun to see, Oh, those guys are like me and you can yep. like directly relate to them. And then you watch it later on, you know, years later and then decades later whatever it might be and like you said it takes you back to to that age where you have no real responsibilities you're just hanging out in the summer your only priority is where can we play some baseball or wiffle ball or whatever it might be and then you're just you're watching baseball you're talking baseball and it's it's just the best you know summers as a little 10 11 12 year old or some some of the best times because it's so carefree and the movie just embodies that yeah, I think that that is a, a really good um, way to put it, at least for my own feelings. Cause, like, you know, getting older and, and you're good friends, like, like, I mean, you guys are a perfect example. We all live a little ways away from each other. Whereas back then, it's like you're 10, 11 years old. And all you want to do is just, like you said, play some baseball, go to the pool, have a sleepover, go to the treehouse, whatever it might be. And you're all right there. You just take your bike, you know. Boom, you're with your buddies. Hey, mom, going out for the day. I'll I'll see you at dinner. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. right, See you in 10 hours. Yeah. And now it's like a little bit older. It's like, oh, shit, this is actually harder to do with your friends. And so it is, it just is a simple, easy, pure um, memory. It brings back those types of memories. And it's no matter what age you are, I think you can connect with that. And it's got James Earl Jones. I mean, can't can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, Mufasa I like himself. I liked the point you brought up about like, oh, you know, it's a group of kids. Like, hey, that's that that could be me too. You know, that's similar. Like the movie you brought with Mighty Ducks, and another one. You guys remember the Little Giants? Yep. Also, great flick, but that I mean, just like all those are similar in that sense. Yeah, Little Giants is a great uh, a great comparison, I'd say too. Um, but yeah, that was my number one, and that just is a a classic movie, no matter what age and, and no matter what year it is. All right. Well, this kind of went off the rails a little bit right away. So um, let's, Derek, why don't you just finish off with your, let's just finish off our list and then just talk about the ones we haven't talked about yet. So wait, what do you want me to do? So, so Derek, what are your, what are your three and two? Oh, um, so number three, I have rookie of the year. Okay. Number two, I have bad news bears, original and remake. (laughs) 
That's not fair, but that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. And then Neil, you're two and one. I had Moneyball and 42. 42 is number one. Nice. Yeah. All right. My number two, when I talked about on the rom-coms as well, Bull Durham, back on the board. And the number one, everybody wants some. Um, so I haven't seen Bad News Bears, the remake at all. And the original has been 20 wow. years probably. So I'll let you guys take that one first. How do you want to do it, Neil? Uh, I mean, Hambage, if you want to, if you want to have a nice uh, low-key night and you want to want to have a few laughs, I, I would pop it on. I, I don't know where it's streaming. And like the only actor's name I can think of is Billy Bob Thornton. Dirk, can you think of anyone else in there? I, I'm sure some of those kids did grow up to be actors, but but right. he's the at least uh, from the time period the one that's like. Oh yeah, and, and also like that rival coach. Like I've seen in other movies too. I just can't think of his actual name though. Oh, good. He point. wears like the tight shorts. Yeah, good point. He's got to be. Yeah, let's look it up. He's got to yeah. be some. Oh, he's he's Greg Kinnear. Isn't there that you the? Go. Yeah, that definitely is. I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah, but no, with this movie, it's just you know another standard kid movie, kind of like the Muddy Ducks, kind of a group of misfits, as you would say, and they kind of you'll know, get good coaching, even though he's drunk the whole time their coach um they kind of just get get it together and win. well they actually don't win spoiler alert but but they learn good lessons along the way i'm sure uh, define good lessons <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's it's um i wouldn't say it's a kid movie it's it definitely goes up to the pg-13 uh rating i think anything with billy bob is by default not a kid's movie I mean, yeah. I, I bet the original script was supposed to be R, and they're like, no, let's just, let's try to tone it down to PG thirteen here. Yeah, I think uh, so. To to piggyback off of Neil's um, remake remake analysis, I I completely agree. It's it's one of those ones where you put on and you sort of know what you're getting into, especially like you said, Hambo, with the Billy Bob Thornton type movie. And it while it isn't, I don't think for me personally, it lives up to like the Bad Santa, like kid evil genius type movie it is uh there are a lot of good parts in it where it's like uh what's what's his butter buttermaker i think is his name butter yeah. or something it's like that kid's just going off the rails and you know billy bob thornton being the alcoholic it just is it's like you can see this actually being real and then i don't know i think neil and i watching it together i've had some good memories with that because there are parts where it's like oh my god this 10 year old kid's going insane um, but I think that uh, one thing that, at least for the for the new one, it the whole like good sportsmanship stuff, it kind of uh, it kind of um, puts an end an end to that. Yeah, that gets thrown out the window. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, like you know, if you if you win or lose, like just being a good sport is is the way to go. Whereas you got people like Buttermaker, and there are some quotes that are a little over the top. I was looking them up earlier. Um, but he, he just goes off the rails and it's pretty unbelievable. And it just is for a movie. Hilarious. Uh, to add, to try not to spoil too much to add to Dirk's uh, sportsmanship comment there at the end of uh, one of the games where they lose Buttermaker gives them all like non-alcoholic beer and they shake it <laughs> and spray it at the other team. <laughs> and it's like stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, we definitely, you know, in our own lives didn't have that happening in little league, but it's just hilarious <laughs> to actually watch happen. And I know like the first one, uh, which is like 
it's from the seventies. Do you do you know the date the the year ambage? Uh, seventy. I think it's seventies at least. Mid seventies, I think. Hang on. That that's what I was thinking too. It's got to be around like seventy five or something. But either way, I think that that seventy five. You nailed it. Is it really mm-hmm. nice? Um, but yeah, I think that. Well, again, it's not fair that I have both of them, but I just grouped them into one because I think, at least from the reviews I've I've read, obviously the original. Um, holds up better you could say and just in general is better but at the same time 76 nice (laughs) but at the same time i think uh the new one especially i guess more of a personal um memories with with neil and myself watching together i think that they just like has it's like a different experience a different feel for little league type movies and i think that's what resonated with me overall yeah actually i never saw the original one so i can't really compare the two I'll have to squeeze in a watch of those in the next next couple of weeks. I have think. you seen Have you seen any of them? I've seen the original, long yeah. time ago. Um, I don't remember if I've seen any of the sequels. There were one or two more to made after that, like Bad yeah. News Bears, Go to Japan. I think maybe there's a third one. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I've only I seen think... the original. I think I've seen it once. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched it with my parents, and I think they hated it. So if I was ever trying to rent a movie when I was younger. That probably never got the got the okay <laughs> after the first go around. Yeah, so I know there's a couple from the original, the 1976 one. I know there's a couple sequels, the Japan, and I I do think there's another one, Hambone, but I haven't seen either of those. My my pick was more the original, and then how they redid it in in uh, with Billy Bob Thornton, and I think th- those two are the ones that, of course, they're different, but in the same way, they're both like Neil said, they both. Uh, kind of go off the rails with the um bad sportsman sportsmanship type stuff which i think was fun for me to to experience with a baseball movie um let's go might as well say uh, let's go moneyball we all have moneyball so neil had it at two i've got it at four dirk's got it at four neil you got it the highest why don't you kick it off yeah um you know, going off, it's it's based off a true story and not only a true story, but something like we actually watched growing up. So something we actually witnessed too, which I really enjoyed that aspect of it. With the Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, those are not two actors that thought would have that type of dynamic together. And I think it worked out well. It was more they of a crushed seri- it. They crushed yeah. it. With Jonah Hill, like, you're, you know, he's known for like his more like funny roles and like comedy type roles or like a little both. I mean, this is more, it was just, you know, straight up, just more of a drama type role for him. I thought he did really well. You also sneak in Chris Pratt there too, which I'm sure the first time I watched, it, I didn't even think much about it because he wasn't as well known. Yeah. I know my, Atterberg himself. Yep. I know my favorite quote with him, he's, he gets asked like, what is he most afraid of? And he's like, oh, a ball game directly hit my way. And the guy laughs. He's like, no, that's seriously my fear. <laughs> so he was, he's having some issues. I think, didn't, I think he switched positions or something at one point. Yep. They were making yeah. him what first base, I think. They switched him to. Is that right? Yeah. That, no, that sounds right. Yeah, switched him to first base. Uh, one part I didn't know, which I'm glad I saw at the end of the movie, that he got the contract from the Red Sox or an offer from the Red Sox, and he turned it down. I, I didn't re- realize that happened at the time when it was actually going on. Yeah, that movie. I mean, it made it advanced analytics fun, which is an accomplishment in, in itself. <laughs> right. Um. But, I mean, everyone who was there, like you said, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, both got nominated for Oscars. The yeah. movie got nominated for Best Picture, Screenplay, a couple others in there, I think, as well. Um, it's just a good, good movie. And 
for me, I think it's probably the the best movie on my list. You know, it's not quite my favorite up there, but if you're talking about just overall film quality, I think it's probably the best baseball movie out there. Um, but it's just, you know, I, I love seeing these kind of real life stories that you wouldn't think would be inherently interesting to see play out in a on the big screen and but then see them succeed like this in a sport that sounds like we all grew up playing and loving the only thing i, w- I wish they'd included some of the other players as well because like miguel tejada i think had an either was mvp or he had like an mvp type season that year and they had barry zito i think they had um, they also they might have also had mark Mulder and tim hudson that year so they had a lot of good pieces too um obviously it makes for a better movie if they don't include the the other superstars that are already on the team but you know, I, I think playing playing to the strengths of of the story, I think paid off. Um, I think it does kind of skew it for people who don't maybe know the story as well. That oh, it might might be kind of cheap if they know they took out you know these all star players, but kind of a minor nitpick um, in a movie that good. That if that's kind of where you're trying to find fault with it, if you will. Now, is it uh, Bill Bean? What's his name? Right? Is he still in Oakland? Um. Oh, I didn't look that up. I, I don't think so, but I'm not confident on that at all. Let me I mean, check. Yeah, I also wasn't aware of his actual like professional like career in the past either. I had no idea about that. Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know where he is now, or or if he still is. I mean, he stayed in Oakland and never got that championship. I know that. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward, but but Looks I guess like he, uh, he stopped. He was the Oakland's. Oakland's GM from 1988 to 2016. Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, to echo you guys, I, I really, really do enjoy that movie. I think, um, I mean, that, like Neil said, that had to be one of the first, at least more mainstream movies that Jonah Hill kind of got a role in as not just like a funny guy, like a super bad or forgetting Sarah Marshall type funny funny guy character was that i feel like off the top of my head that's got to be either right before or right after um i guess probably right before um uh what's the movie i'm thinking of wolf of wall street yeah i think it was, I think it was before bit, before i think, okay. I think wolf was 2013 okay so a yeah because he before. he obviously was kind of like a funny guy i suppose and waffle Wall i mean he was in a bunch he, of a stuff much different but, character but obviously um super bad was the first kind of big one yeah he was in. that was 2000 kind of the more mainstream and like knocked up was right yeah. around around super bad time and and um of course, great uh, cameo in 40 year old version yeah yeah that is actually <laughs> he wants to buy the shoes at the gold can i just buy this here or she gives him like the long explanation <laughs> of why he can't and he's like well i'm right here <laughs> but yeah that i think uh like neil said that that um i i guess for me watching him in that i was like wow he this dude actually is a, a great actor and hambage i think you said it they it was a lot a bunch of different oscar um noms for that I think I think he got one, didn't he? For yeah, he and Brad actor. Pitt both Pitt for lead actor, Hill for supporting. But yeah, and so then, um, Moneyball was twenty eleven, Jump Street twenty one, Jump Street twenty twelve, okay. and then Wolf of Wall Street twenty thirteen. Okay, that makes sense. And then I I, I also liked um, I guess just one last thing about Moneyball. I liked that it there was a lot like it was a lot. It showed a lot of the business side 
of, of major league baseball, professional sports. And I think in movies, I mean, in every movie I have on my list, it's, it's nothing about that. It's all about, you know, something fun like the Sandlot or whatever it is. Whereas this was much more, um, it showed just kind of behind the scenes, the front office, what goes on in the business side of things. And I thought that was pretty interesting overall. Yeah. Like they're going over, you know, players getting cut, players getting traded, yeah. you know, how much money exactly. they have to work with, you know, with them being a smaller market, they can't always compete in that aspect of it. Uh, let's switch over to 42. Dirk's number five, Neil's number one, not on mine, but I do like it a lot. So it'd be fun to talk about. I think one of the big reasons that made it there is one of the more recent ones I've watched as well. Um, but it's overall a great movie. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with, with Chad. He made a bunch of great flicks in the past. Uh, I, I enjoyed Harrison Ford in there as well. He, I mean, he doesn't play as big of a role, but I mean, it's just good to understand the, you know, the story of, uh, you know, with Jackie Robinson and everything. It's something like I knew who he was as a kid, but not necessarily everything that he went through. It's just something, you know, like, Oh, I go to a birds game. I see his number and his name in the stadium. Like I knew he, what he played an important role uh, in baseball, but never like the true whole story of what all happened. Yeah. I mean, you talk, you talk baseball history and you can't have any sort of real discussion on that without talking about Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey. And like you said, Chadwick Boseman, phenomenal performance. You know, I, I was tempted to put it on here, but I think I'll just feel a little emotional. Talk, think about Chadwick, you know, with his unfortunate passing, passing here but he was he was so good in that role and he's just so dynamic basically in everything that he's that he does i mean he really embodied what it, it felt like to be in that position you know you're mm-hmm. a great ball player and he has all this responsibility just thrown on him more i mean it's already high pressure enough being a professional athlete you know high profile even even early on in the, in the 40s um is that the 40s do I have the year right I'm not sure, but yeah, 47 let's maybe. For 1947, maybe. Um, even then, and then being the first, first African African American athlete or baseball player. Yep, 1947. Um, on top of it, I mean, you're basically playing for the for your entire entire race. That if you mess right. this up, it could be decades before someone else gets, gets a chance. And then to succeed like he did in the face of all of that is just it's beyond inspiring and impressive and to see a movie that for the most part lives up to that story is, is really satisfying that it would have been a real shame if they had just dropped the ball and given us a, a dud for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say just Jackie Robinson as a player went uh, definitely above and beyond the expectations that were put out for him, which I think, you know, did, fared really well for him. And on the topic of Chadwick that you're saying, Hambage, in his honor, I did watch it right before we did the podcast here, Smart. knowing I had him at number one. Smart. I meant uh, Black Panther, not 42, Black Panther. Either either one's a good choice. Yeah, I think I'm just going to jump in and really echo you guys. I think that everything, um, I mean, everything you two said, I completely agree with. And that, that movie also, I think, 42 I'm speaking of now, is a, a, a much different than the other ones I had on my movie. A lot of those are more like nostalgic types, whereas this was a obviously more of a historical um, and just a movie you can kind of learn a lot from. And I mean, he there's nobody else you'd want in in that role than him. He's incredible. And and I mean, like you both said, 
especially um, just rewatching some of these movies. It's like, wow, he, he really is something else. I mean, yeah. for a minute there, he was he was kind of the go-to for these high-profile people. I mean, he played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, yeah. James Brown. I mean, think of those three people and how different they all are and how he was able to still just disappear into those roles. I mean, he he, he was a special, special talent. And, you know, it, I'm very glad they got someone like him to play play a role like this. For sure. All right, let's, let's see. Everybody Wants Some is the last one where, where there's any overlap so that, that's my number one um i mean it's my probably my second favorite movie of all time just in general only behind oceans 11 and like neil kind of alluded to it's maybe more of a baseball adjacent movie than a true baseball movie but i i just love it so much there was no way this wasn't being being included and we don't need to go too deep into this one you know, we talked about it quite a bit on i think episode two it was but it's it's just so much fun, you know, just watching, watching the guys in the team just hang out, takes you back to the college days of before, you know, that weekend or a few days before classes start. All you're doing is just hanging out with your friends, having a good time, trying to fit in as much fun as you can before the school year officially starts. And I mean, the nostalgia plays a part for sure, but you know, Richard Linklater also um, director of the bad news bears remake, which I didn't know before just looking that up while we were talking but he, he nails that aesthetic you know with days and confused and everybody wants some that just kind of slice of life day in the life or weekend of weekend in the life of these young kind of young kids as they're you know coming of age insanely quotable i mean there's so many scenes that you could just throw on on youtube and watch out of context and just die laughing it, it's i love it i don't even know what else to say it's just incredible yeah, I mean, my college experience wasn't, you know, exactly the same as theirs. Um, but I mean, still had a ton of fun and brought back a ton of memories just watching that movie. Yeah, I think we can probably, and I know Dirk loves it too. Um, but we we probably don't, unless you have anything specific you want to say, we probably don't need to spend too much time on this one since we've talked about it at length before. Yeah, sorry. I was having some t- technical difficulties there. But no, I think it just to echo YouTube. I mean, that that's just such a fun movie. And it, it really is one of the ones that no matter really how you're feeling or what mood you're in, if you need something to watch and have some entertainment, throw that on. 100%. Yeah. I the, I watched it for the first time and then watched it with my roommates a couple days later. And then the next day, when my roommates and I just watched like YouTube clips for like an hour. So we, we basically rewatched <laughs> the movie, but just in in random order of clips on YouTube. It's it's great. All right. So there's two left here. Um I'll say I'll take Bull Durham again real quick. You know, we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago on the rom-com ranking list. And basically what I said before, I'll say it again. Opinion hasn't changed, obviously. It's it's great. Kevin Cosner, Susan Surrounding, um, Tim, Tim Robbins. Just the, the the dynamic of those three together, getting the feel of a minor league baseball team, people at different stages of their career trying to make it make it in the bigs. And maybe someone on the twilight of their career, just trying to figure out their place in the in the world and in the baseball world. Um, and you know, it's got good baseball scenes. It's got good rom com parts. It's got good just pure comedy. It's just great. And if you guys haven't seen this yet, if you're looking for a baseball movie, just knock this one on the on the top of the list. Like most of these, actually here, no no really bad choices have, have been made. Um, but won't won't say too much more. Just that, watch it. It's great. Uh- 
if you know i told you i was going to it's 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 still on my list you know i, I haven't made it there yet but you've, you've got a you've got a nice thick book you're, you're working through you've that got is other, true. other stuff taking up your time i got a few thick books after that too exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm with neil on that one i mean i know and of course doing research for this so that that's pretty unanimous as one of like the top one or two baseball movies so I think Neil and I, maybe, maybe we'll do a Netflix party of the three of us watching that. Um, And I I do have a question for you though, Hambone, because one of the the one, the one movie that was like on the outside looking in for me um, is, is Field of Dreams. And didn't Kevin Costner was in that and Bull Durham, right? Yep. So what do you think about Field of Dreams? It's one of the ultimate guy cry movies. I mean, it's, if someone has that as the best baseball, baseball movie, it's hard to argue with that. Um, you know, there's a few other honorable mentions we can get into after you you finish us off. Um, you know, the natural major league maybe. Um, mm. But it's just a it's just a good movie. You know, James Earl Jones comes up in the Sandlot. He's in Field of Dreams as well. Yeah. Um, one I haven't watched in a while though that probably should should get on in the next couple of weeks or so as baseball season gets going. But it's just a good good solid movie kind of unique concept but yeah i have no problem if someone has that anywhere in their list of favorite best baseball movies yeah that's kind of what i think about it too and i i think of course which probably everyone thinks that that likes this movie the the actual field just a cornfield baseball field i mean that's that's awesome because i think seeing a baseball field i i guess for me personally um to, to back up here me personally i love like baseball stadiums in general. So seeing that as a baseball field is always just cool to me, but uh, I think, yeah, Bull Durham, I got to watch that movie because that obviously is again, after doing research, it's pretty obvious. That's one of the top baseball movies of all time. All right. Um, so then just one left here, Dirk, what ends up is your number three rookie of the year. Yeah. So this one, on the opposite end of, of uh, Bull Durham probably doesn't get too much love, I'd say, from film critics. But for me, it all, it kind of hits on the Sandlot vibe, which looking back on my list, I, I very clearly have this ranked more of like nostalgic things because even number two, Bad News Bears, it's more of Neil and myself. We wish you were there, Hambone, but Neil and myself watching together, it brings back that nostalgia. Um, but, but I think Rook of the Year is the same kind of thing. I also think a part of it is my mom was, she was raised in Southern Wisconsin and her dad was a huge um, Cubs fan. So she in turn, um, while she doesn't, you know, care a ton about baseball, she, she likes the Cubs for sure. And so I think that just in general plays a little bit into it, but I think more so it's um, just the nostalgia of, of putting yourself in, in the characters of the movie where like, you know, it's, three best friends they're all hanging out they're all playing little league one of them becomes a major league baseball player (laughs) and at first you know the other two kids are initially a little hurt i'd say a little jealous of their (laughs) friend um but then in the end you know they are like well we're going to support him this dude's a stud he's you know he's playing in the world series and i think it has a classic makings you know of like um of just a, a movie in that in the sense of like the the uh arc of the movie i think is classic you know there's like a problem or the kids initially are like fighting and then they work it out there's the problem of uh like his mom's dealing with her own 
uh, like dating issues. I believe if I remember correctly, I haven't watched it in a while. She figures that out. And then, you know, it all, it all, there's like these little problems is what I'm trying to say that it's all building to the big game and like his arm getting messed up again. And I think it's just like, overall, it's just a, the arc of the movie is very classic and I also love um, John Candy in it. I thought he was great. And I guess in general, it just it just brings back the whole. Um, Wait, who's John Candy in it? I don't remember him being in it. He's like the announcer. I'm I'm pretty sure. I could be very off, but I think that's. I think that's. Uh, I mean, I haven't year. seen it in a long time, so I could be just not remembering. I haven't either, but I I think I looked it up, and I I think I mean I, he's in it. I think he's the announcer. I guess I haven't. I should have rewatched it, but. I think it, for me, in the end, it really is just the three like best friends hanging out. This dude somehow becomes a major league baseball player, and just like the, just the like dumb jokes, the um, the lovableness uh, of the movie. I, I think mean, that's Brick, Brickma, Daniel Stern is yeah is is a great great character. Yeah, I I always loved as a kid um, when the doctor says funky butt loving. The first, the first time I, <laughs> that, yeah. the first time I saw that movie, that was like the funniest thing I could have ever heard. It was, yeah. I was dying laughing. And he just gets rocked into the nose, the doctor's office. Ah, funky butt loving. I'm looking it up, and I might be. I, I think I'm wrong about. I thought I, I thought John Candy was in there, but this was me just going off the top of my head, and I, I think I might be wrong. But either way, I think it, it's just, um, like you said, ambush. There just is like so many just dumb like kid jokes like that when you're 10 and i remember just putting myself in their shoes and like this is great like i remember i watched the movie one time i was uh sick from school (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it just is stuff like that it brings back it's just nostalgic for me yeah absolutely you know came up kind of like sandlot in terms of just when it came out you know how old we were that just the memories it brings back um but yeah it's it's a fun movie another one i haven't haven't rewatched in a while. Right. But, I mean, like I said, Daniel Stern is is great. He gets like locked in the some caged in the locker or something like that. As I've seen, I remember Gary Busey's yeah. in it. Gary Busey, um, classic. <laughs> Dan Hedaya is is always always good to see. But yeah, Thomas Ian Nichols just a few years before American. He's American Pie days. Wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah, wait, 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 wait. Make that connection. I think no, I'm realizing this in real time. Yeah, you too, Neil. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's kind of like, um, oh Kevin. my goodness. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's the name of the movie, right, Kevin? No, didn't he? In in American Wait. Pie. Oh, in American Pie, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he played, he played uh, what's his, Henry, Henry. Henry, yeah. Like the main character of Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's Kevin, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I guess now, like, I'm thinking of, you know, the couple images that come in my head from Rookie of the Year, and that is, it's definitely him. Looks yeah, just when, like when him. you when you know it, it you can't unsee it. it it's, yeah, it's a hundred. I'm looking him. it up yeah. now, and yeah, yeah, Kevin Myers, he plays in American Pie. Wow, that is wild to me. But yeah, you're right. it looks just like him. I mean, that could be a similar situation situation with like Angels in the Outfield with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where maybe a lot of people didn't realize at the time, but yeah, or like you knew point. who he was then, but like you don't see him for a while, and then you see a bunch of other movies, like oh yeah, he played that kid. Um, in that movie, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the other little league movie that that he was in, A Kid in King Arthur's Court? No. 
I recognize the movie. I don't remember. I think I saw it. I don't remember the plot of it. I know he's like in the middle of a game or something like that. And he gets somehow transported to medieval times. And that's all I remember. But what? Just just him in another baseball movie. Just a few couple of years later, I think. Huh. But all right. Yeah, we'll run, down, run through the final top five here. I know it got a little out of sorts. And we'll maybe hit a couple honorable mentions. Just a couple things we forgot. So Neil, five through one, Bad News Bears, Everybody Wants Some, Sandlot, Moneyball, 42. Mine were Little Big League, Moneyball, Sandlot, Bull Durham, Everybody Wants Some, Dirks, 42, Moneyball, Rookie of the Year, Bad News Bears, both of them, apparently, and Sandlot. So code. a lot of similarities, not a lot, not a lot of surprise there. Um, we touched on a couple, you know, we feel the dreams, the natural is another Another really popular, well-respected movie. What do you guys think of that one? Which ones are the Natural? I don't think I've seen that. Robert Redford. I don't think I've seen it either. Well, okay then. Sorry to disappoint. No, another 1994. I haven't seen this. Another recommend. Very good. Um, Not a movie, but um, did did you guys watch Brockmire, the the show? Yeah, I I didn't. I didn't watch the full season. I watched the first few episodes and then kind of got distracted by watching other stuff but it was pretty funny honestly yeah, i i, I think it. It, it lasted four seasons the fourth season was fine third was pretty good but the first two seasons some of the funniest you know television i've, I've ever seen it's so over the top um so for you those of you who don't know it's hank azaria plays jim brockmeyer kind of a disgraced baseball announcer he was very well-known, well-respected in the big leagues, then had a very public meltdown mid-game um, and kind of gets sent back to the minors, if you will, announcing some small-town nothing teams games. And it's just kind of his his journey trying to get back to the big leagues while he deals with his alcoholism, his ex-wife, this, that, and the other thing. It's it's hysterical. It's, it's a hard TV MA. It, it earns that. So just fair warning if you're going to give it a shot. But if that doesn't doesn't scare you off, it's it's hysterical. It's on. It was an obscurely an IFC show, um, but all four seasons, at least last time I checked, are on Hulu. Um, just a half hour each episode, so easy to knock out. It's it's great. It's it's amazing if you need something new to give a shot to. Sweet, but sounds any, good to me. Any other honorable mentions? Um, two that I've got. If you guys don't have anything else. I got I got a few here too. If you want to, you can just roll through yours while you while you get it open. Uh, Major League, of course. That, yeah, that's always that's a classic. That, that was probably would probably probably be my number seven. If I was going that far, forty two at, at six and Major League at, at seven. Um, classic movie, you know, real real funny, real good stuff. But then um, Hardball, the Keanu Reeves, Diane yeah. Lane, Michael had B. that honorable mention as all well, as well. That was that, yeah, that was. Uh, a tough one to leave out for me is that's that's the first movie that I can remember crying during. Like I, I can yeah. Spe- yeah. specifically mm-hmm. remember crying. G baby. Poor yes, that, I was God. trying to think of what, what his nickname was. Yeah, oh, that's a, that is just, a great point. Him just crushes you even just saying the name. To be honest, looking back at my list, that I, I should have had that in there. I should have bumped one out. That that movie is. Yeah, I agree. Because that I mean, like you said, Hambage that. I completely agree with you. I cried during that. And I think that 
hits more of my emotional strings than maybe like rookie of the year, for example. I can still remember where I was when I watched that movie, even as where? like a 10 year old. I was in obviously in my parents' house. I was in the basement watching it by myself. We had we had a couch and kind of like a recliner chair. I was in the recliner and I just just like curl up into a ball and just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, that was that was hard. That was a hard scene. As a 10-year-old, you you don't expect that to happen. Yeah, right. Oh, especially yeah. in a movie that your parents let you watch by yourself. That I mean they, they probably had no idea either. But usually usually, at least for me, the thought was that if if I can watch this on my own, there's probably nothing all that bad about it. Right. And, and then that just happens. Just just crushing, gutting. Wait, so I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Who was Michael B. Jordan in that movie? I don't. He, play, he played one of the kids on the team. I, think he, I don't he remember. One, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of which which kid it was. But I don't remember. I bet, I bet if we like looked it up or, no, or like saw yeah. a picture, we probably would get it. Oh yeah, if we turned the movie on, I'm actually, sure we obviously could, we would. We yeah. Out. Yeah. Kind of uh, like him in the wire. Like you just, it's just obviously him. Yeah. Who was G Baby's brother? I feel like he. Maybe not. The only specific hey, actors that I was are Keanu Reeves, Diane Lane, and and Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah, with kids on the team, I remember the pitcher because he always he listened to his headphones on every pitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, I see. yeah, I looked up Michael B. Jordan is Jamal. He was like the one that I think it was Jamal that you know was like not kicked off the team but like left the team or whatever, but then came back. Wasn't that him? That's too much detail for me. I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a, um, a long time. you're probably right. I just don't remember. I'll, I'll I think that was for him. It. I think that was him. Um, but yeah, the I think that, thinking back on the kids now, the the listening, some notorious B.I.G. for the picture. I mean, that was great. I'm trying to remember, how did Keanu get this team? Was it like a Coach Bombay situation where you do some community service? Yeah, I think it was like court ordered. That's how I, I remember say. it. Yeah, I think so. Let's let's see what we can find here. But yeah, I remember <laughs> it being like it wasn't, um, man, young man who was an aimless young man who was scalping tickets, gambling, and drinking, agrees to coach a little league team as a condition of getting a loan from a friend. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I think there's more to it with the loan and it's probably not on the up and up, but I can't remember for sure. <laughs> that seems because that seems like a kind of an obscure, yeah, obscure thing there. But it's not quite the Gordon Bombay route, but some similarities on it at least. Yeah, I'm looking at it up now too. Michael B. Jordan, he I think I was kind of wrong in the end. He was on the team and then he left and turned into like a drug dealer, I think. So I think he might have been the kid then that was remember like they before G Baby died, they go back to like um like the projects like where they live and they I think they see Michael B. Jordan, I believe. Let's see. Just this is this is the first part of the Wikipedia. Um Connor O'Neill Keanu is a gambler who secretly bets six grand on his dead father's account and is now severely in debt with two bookies. In order to repay the debts, he is told by a corporate friend that he must coach a baseball team of troubled African-American fifth grade kids from Chicago's ABLA housing projects in exchange for $500 each week for 10 weeks. What a ridiculous. Hmm. That's something else. Oh, yeah. I love it. Doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. 
but and I I just looked up the actual story. So Michael B. Jordan, he played Jamal in Hardball, and he um where did he go? He was a promising baseball player, but he in the end they learned was too old to play ball. So he was later seen as part of a gang having nothing to do oh. with the kids after being kicked off the team. I do remember the age thing. So yeah, kind of the Daniel saying. Monte situation. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Any other ones to touch on that we might have missed? I do good for mine. All right. So that'll bring us to Hey Hambage for this week. All right. You guys want to start us off here? I can start. All right. Hey Hambage. Let's turn the clocks back. Maybe like 1997, 1998. You're getting ready for school. You're going to have the same question. Oh, never mind. I thought you were going to have the same question as me. I was going to lose my mind. I mean, that would be bizarre if I did. But all right. You're getting all your books ready. You got your lunch packed. Yes. And you're sitting down for a nice bowl of cereal. You get to the end of that. Are you drinking that milk as a kid or are you dumping it in the sink? What a question. The answer depends on what cereal I had. All right. Well, so, dive into yeah. that here. So if, if I had a cereal where I added sugar to it, so like Rice Krispies, I might add a little bit of sugar to it. I would scoop whatever sugar had fallen to the bottom and eat that with whatever milk got on the spoon. But if it was, you know, Cheerios or Rice Krispies with no sugar or Frosted Flakes, whatever it was, once the cereal was gone, I would typically dump the milk. I mean, no, that, that's that's fair. I just think I feel like myself as a kid, I went through a really long phase just not drinking the milk, no matter what type of cereal it was. And also, I just like it just one day I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do it, and I just did it um, ever since. I honestly hated milk growing up and eating it with cereal was like the only way that I could enjoy it. And mostly with a whole bunch of added sugar to it. I hate milk to this day. <laughs> I still don't like it. I, I'll, yes. I'll drink chocolate milk. You know, fair life chocolate milk is, is the best. That stuff is amazing. Um, but just regular, regular milk is just, it's not for me. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I'd never drink it as a kid. As in from the cereal, and I still wouldn't do that. And yeah, I just, yeah, I'm out on that. Neil, what'd you do? Uh, I mean, I went over it already. <laughs> Someone wasn't listening, but. Did you say it? I just said, did. I just said, uh, as a kid, I usually would not drink it. And then one day I just decided to, and then drink it since. But oh. I can't, honestly, it just. I swear of, I didn't like, even now, hear that. I can't remember last time Clearly. I down had a bowl of cereal either. Yeah, I think I just was way too in my head. <laughs> I apologize. I think the last time I had cereal was probably whenever the last time I was at a hotel and it was just part of the breakfast. Sure. So that would have been I don't know, yeah. two or three years ago now. All right, Dirk. All right. Hey, Ambage. Let's turn back the clock here. <laughs> so maybe 2000, July 2000. You Very just specific. got done. You were, one, old. You were one for four. As a 10-year-old, you had a double. And after the game, Little League, you went to the snack place. What snack did you order? You mean the concession stand? The The snack stand. Because you know, like in Little League, though, you had... But like in Little League, you always had like snack, like snack team, snack, whatever. That's what I was thinking about. Concession stand, yes. Yeah, if there was a snack person, it has a literal name. 
Yeah, maybe just you it did. Well, no, for everyone it did. If the if the stadium or complex wherever you're at had that place, it was called the concession stand. Doesn't matter. I, if it's, I gotta go back to my little league. Doesn't look. matter if it's little league or <laughs> or major league. It's called it. anyway. Um, also, why is Hamage only going one for four? Are you trying to discredit <laughs> his baseball skills as a kid? He hey, he hit a double. He helped his team win. One for four with a double and a diving catch in center field. No, I made exactly. I feel like you're a second baseman, Hambone. Oh, 100%. Nailed it. I, I played everywhere except for catcher. Except I did do that a couple times. Did not. <laughs> but so you played everywhere. Yeah. Um, what was I, your favorite position? Second base. Really? Mostly because it was what I was best at. Yeah. Outfield was fun because I could. I, I'm fat or and was fast, so I could cover a lot of ground. Um, didn't quite have the arm strength, um, but yeah. But what? Base, what? Where did you bat typically? Usually lead off or second. That's what I was going to guess. Second. Okay. The the one the one year in Babe Ruth, my team was terrible, so I was basically like I was pretty good in Little League. I wasn't like great, but I was pretty good. I was the best at basically everything on that team, which is a weird feeling that never happened before, mm-hmm. but I was the best hitter for average. I was the best power hitter. Not good uh, for the team. I was, I was like the fastest. I was the best base runner. I was, it was, it was really, really weird. So I would bat anywhere from one to five in that, in that mm-hmm. lineup. Nice. But, but typically lead off or second just on that team. I, that was for sure my best year. I, I probably, I, I actually did keep my stats. If you know me, it won't surprise you at all. But, but I, I hit like, like 400 that year, maybe 450. What year are we talking? Yeah. This are we going to get been... these posted on Instagram? These stats? Yeah. Cause no, I mean, you're were, sending were, it to us for these sure. These were handwritten, written stats that I kept. And I definitely don't have those that nah, come on. anymore. I mean, maybe somewhere in my parents' basement you have somewhere, to find that. but it was only, it was only the second year I made the, like the postseason all-star team. But there was this is this is how bad that team was. Um, so every year it overlapped a little bit with. So this would have been the summer after eighth grade, and it it always overlapped a little bit with the the beginning of the little league or summer baseball with the end of school baseball. If you if we were in the playoffs, and our team was really good eighth grade. Um, so we got second whenever the championship was. Anyway, so there was there was one where the game times overlapped. So I had a school game that overlapped with the start of the Little League or Babe Ruth game. So I went to the school game, finished that, then went to the the summer game and, you know, got their third, fourth inning, whatever it was. And one of the kids on the team, he literally goes, great, Matt's here. Now we can win. Oh, baby. And I was and I was like, oh, that's cool. And even as like a 14-year-old or 13-year-old, like, little, little flex after that. I was like, yeah. that's not <laughs> a good sign if one person showing up is that big of a difference. But that had to be just quite the ego boost. It it was weird because it came from a kid that I didn't like that much. But it was it was a fun it was a fun team because our coach on that team he played. Um, let's see, I think he made it to either he might have made it to triple A, maybe just double A ball. So he he like, he he was a really good coach. That was a lot of fun just playing for him. But God. So, Little League Babe Ruth was so much fun. But anyway, to answer the question that was asked a long time ago. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so what we would do, and maybe you guys did this too, is we would get like a, 
a ticket, like a concession ticket after every game. And, and it was good for like a select few things. Oh. So what I would usually get with the ticket would be one of those giant freezies. You guys had those. Yeah. Like just massive. I'd usually get one of those. And then depending on what time it was, might get a hot dog, might get a, some nachos, but for the, for the, for the ticket, the, I can't remember what else you could get maybe bigger chips or like a thing of candy, but usually just the giant freezy or, or whatever, like drink pop you could, you could get with it. One of the two. That's a good answer. Right. Cause for myself, it, for us, it was a little bit different. We had like, it wasn't a ticket, but depending on like what, what, um, what organization, I guess, sponsored your team. That's how like we, so I guess the start over we had at the start of the year from how I knew it, all, all of the parents like decided on how much money each kid gets for like two bucks, for example, each game after each game. I mean, and then it's like, you'd say like what, what um, team you're on, like what, whoever's sponsoring you. And then they have like a list of like, okay, this team gets $2 per kid. So depending on that, I try to do the same thing. Hambo and I get like a pretzel and cheese and then something like sweet, like Skittles or like a, a freezy. Yeah. Like you said, Wait, so, so it always depended. Were there rich teams that just gave their players tons Dude, of money? Yes. Some, like some, <laughs> like sometimes you'd be, you get like a dollar 50 and other teams would get three bucks and it'd be like, these assholes are getting <laughs> did, three did bucks. Did the league put in a maximum so they couldn't say like this team gets, gets That's 10 that. bucks per kid. That's a good question. I feel like they had to have because otherwise it, because it was well known from us like 10 year olds of like this team has more money than, than my team does, but it was always like 50 cents more or maybe like a dollar more. So that would be unbelievable. Yeah. Like $10 one team. (laughs) Did you guys have actual major league teams for your teams or did you have like made up ones? When I was really young, we had major league teams. And then when I got older, we had like, I remember the newspapers guild of Madison. I was on that team once. And that was obviously like a actual like organization in Madison. And then that in that league. And when I got older, it was more of like, like insurance companies and just random companies that would sponsor sponsors. You. Yeah. Kind of yeah, like, we, I guess like softball has now for people our age. <laughs> yeah. We, we had major league all throughout except for one year. I don't know why they stopped it. I actually like this idea a lot. It's pretty cool. Did you guys have it in whatever league you played in where, if one of the older leagues, they were going to be short a player, they could, you know, quote unquote, call up someone from the league, like right below them to, to play for yeah. them. Oh yeah. So what they did is that um, the Babe Ruth teams, the oldest, they were major league teams. And then all the levels below were minor league teams. Oh, that's pretty cool. And oh, then they basically yeah, had like their cool. own type of farm system, if you will. So they were like assigned which teams they could draw players from. Okay. So they, they, only, was, they only did that once, but I, I actually, that, that's a really just cool, like creative idea to do. I like that. Yeah. That's a better way to like explain it. Whereas ours like was just sponsored by people, but ours is like, we did it by age. So 11 and 12 year olds were in the same like group. Yep. And at your, as a 12 year old, so like 12 year olds had their own league and 11 year olds had their own league, but each 12 year old team, which I guess I, I don't know how that was like a rant, but whatever each 12 year old team could draft two 11 year olds max so then like if you're called up as an 11 year old to play on the 12 year old team that's how you knew yeah but it wasn't i wish it was minor like a major like that's cool aside from that 
you could basically just pull up anyone that you wanted pretty much just the two or any, any last, any last day hambages. I did not have any other ones. My last one. Sorry, Hammage. Sticking with the, the food theme. I was thinking about this today as I was making dinner. My last question. Hey, Hammage. What's your favorite Italian, just any type of Italian meal, whether it's lunch, dinner, whatever it is, but Italian. I mean, I'm assuming you're asking for a specific food or... Well, so I guess I mean you meal. mentioned lunch and dinner, but you want you don't want me to just pick lunch or dinner, right? You want me to pick an actual food? Yeah. So I want a meal, but I'm saying like if you want to like pick like an Italian sub, fair. Not like it doesn't have to be like a you know a huge meal, but just a, an actual like dish. Okay. I mean, does an Italian sub count as Italian food? I mean, it shouldn't, but I guess in I, yeah. I guess does. I don't know. That's <laughs> I mean, just the I, first thing that. Came I mean, that's to my not head. the spirit of the question, so I won't. I won't say that, even though I do love a good Italian sub. It's the only thing I get, as far as subs go. I mean, chicken scampi is really good. Um, the classic spaghetti and meatballs, or whatever meat sauce you want, I usually go ground turkey. If I'm making it at home, is what I have for dinner tonight. Actually, is super good. Uh, I mean, pizza is the easy answer. Because you can't go wrong with pizza, or it's hard to go wrong at least. But probably, if I'm at like an Italian restaurant, that's probably the best way to think about it. Because um, as far as cooking myself, I don't do a lot of that aside from you know pizza or frozen pizza or spaghetti. I'd probably say chicken scampi or some kind of putting on the on the restaurant, some kind of like stuffed ravioli. Yeah, that's pretty. Sounds pretty tasty. I guess my question wasn't very good. Maybe it, yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, if you're at an Italian restaurant. What's your go-to order? Like the I'm not gonna lie, you were striking out with the questions today, calling it a <laughs> wow. snack place and too much of a generic Italian question. Honestly, Olive wow. Garden is probably the most Italian place that I go to, and and I typically get the chicken scampi there. I'd probably go with that, but there's a lot of good. Yeah, I mean, really, any of the pasta is just—it's hard to go wrong with just a classic pasta dish, no matter what style pasta you have. You throw yeah. some pasta in there, some some sort of meat, some sauce. Hard to mess that I up. Like Olive Garden breadsticks or Fazoli's breadsticks better. Oh, never had never had Fazoli's. Ever? Hmm. No, sir. Even in Eau Claire, I feel like that was. Well, maybe shout out our friend Mark. He brought me there a handful of times in Eau Claire, and I had never had it before. I think like between the two, I could eat more Fazoli's breadsticks but that doesn't necessarily mean they were the better out of the two i think because they were like they were smaller and more i feel like just full of oil and butter and they could just easily <laughs> take those down or like an olive garden was actually more of the bread part of it i think that's a pretty good explanation their breadsticks are great their salad is super good too yeah I, like honestly though I'm, this isn't a hot take by any means but i think that the salad and breadsticks are, that's what you go to go to there for can't go wrong easy Easy part of the meal. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of salad in general, but the Olive Garden salad, I will never say no to when I'm there. Yeah. Would you rather have pasta with cream white sauce or red sauce on it? Typically, typically some sort of red sauce, um, whether it's Arbiata or just classic, you know, Mar- um, just classic red sauce. Something with a little spice to it is, is good. I like the Arbiata when I can when I can find it. But a little chicken Alfredo. Never hurt anybody. Very true. 
All right. Sounds like that'll that'll do it for Hey Hambage, which then means do it for this week. Just a couple, couple announcements here or notes. The Talking Llama Survivor Podcast will have released yesterday by the time this comes out. So the first episode will be up there. Jared and I just talking our Survivor journeys, I guess, what we love about the show so much, kind of how we get into it, what to expect from the podcast. First ranking episode will be next week, um, April 1st. Thursday, April 1st will be season, season rankings 36 to 40. So if that interests you, Go subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, Talking Llama. And then for the Gnome Boys, you know, if you're not subscribed, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, we're there. And then next week will be our Bud Light Out of Office Taste Test episode, which we recorded last Friday. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. So it might be some <laughs> some dates and references that are a little outdated by that point or irrelevant. But we had a lot of fun recording that. It was quite the event. Let me say that. That is no question. So hopefully it's fun to listen to because we had a great time. Um, doesn't get too out of control given what we're doing, but it's definitely a little looser, looser episode. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll and out of 10 would recommend for you to go home and do it with your friends as well. While you're listening. hundred percent. I can co-sign on that. Um, so if that interests you at all, just give it a listen. We had a great time. So hopefully that'll translate to the listeners as well. Another episode of Gnome Boys in the books. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambidge. We'll see you all next week.